Hi there, this is Andre and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest today is Aaron Lebauer, who is a doctor of physical therapy, business owner, author, and podcast host. And today we'll look at together into the tactics and strategies he used to build and scale his business, as well as help thousands of other entrepreneurs do the same in his niche. We'll also discuss insights into how to best run sales webinars and marketing in the health business to patient sector. So without further ado, Aaron, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Excited to see where the discussion is going today. How are you? How's the morning going? I'm doing great, Andre. Thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here on your show today. It's an honor for me as well. Uh, I know that you just wrapped up um, recording for one of your own podcast uh, episodes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a. Uh, it was a solo episode today on um, the number one asset in your business, uh, which is email, your email list. So I went oh, through sweet. all the pieces of that. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so you are all warmed up and ready to go, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you if you want, we can also go into you know email marketing at some point because I'm sure it's gonna be relevant when we are discussing the sales webinars strategies. Oh, um, yeah. right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a huge key component to that. Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, I guess let's just uh, rock and roll and see where we go with this. So first of all, uh, impressive background and impressive uh, roster of clients, uh, numbers and everything. Uh, I think a good place to start would be to let our listeners here uh, find out from you a bit about you, your background, how you started, what motivated you and uh, how your growth looked like. Yeah, I think the, the short version is um, I was racing bicycles in uh, high school and college. Um, and uh i think one day i was like i think it was in high school i told my mom and i was like how oh, my legs hurt i just don't feel like i'm feel that good riding and she's like you need to get a massage <laughs> like, oh i got a i got a professional massage from someone uh locally and i felt so great on my bike and i was like wow great i went to college um really some of the options were go into business be a lawyer be a physician and med school wasn't in my future they didn't know what to do with me. So I spent, uh, I was like, well, let me just see if I can race bikes professionally. And I raced uh, a little bit in Europe. Uh, and I spent a summer in Belgium, did a little racing nice. in France. So, but I was super far away from Tour de France level, right? Um, I came back to San Francisco. I'm, I moved to San Francisco and tried to get a real job, in air quotes, a real job. Um, and real jobs weren't for me. I ended up being a temp and I hated it, a uh, temporary employee. And then, I decided, well, I could ride my bike and get paid if I'm a bike messenger. So I did that for about a year and a half, but it, long term it wasn't fulfilling. And I realized I had an epiphany one day. If I go to a massage therapy school, like I, my, my father and uncles, they're all physicians. And so that was definitely a path for me and helping people working with my hands, helping people heal um, was something that's kind of in my blood. And I was like, well, if I can go to massage therapy school, I can work four hours a day doing massage. And I can train on my bike four to five hours a day and I'll be, I'll make enough money to live. And I did that for six years, but eventually people were asking me, Aaron, or they were saying, Aaron, you're the first person to touch me where I hurt. I've been to physio. I've been to the surgeon, acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, and you're the first person to touch me where I hurt and actually help me with this problem. And, um, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife was like, well, you should go to become a physical therapist. And I was like, no. And she's like, yeah, you should. And, and she, uh, she encouraged me to do that. And so eventually we left California, moved to where I live now, which is in North Carolina on the other coast of, uh, the United States on the East coast. 
And I looked into PT schools and I went to PT school because it was going to give me the ability to help my patients understand when they would get better. Cause they would say, Aaron, so when is this going to finally go away? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, as a massage therapist, our job is to help you feel like comfortable and good and recover, but it's not to predict when your injury is going to go away. Mm-hmm. So I did that and, and went to PT school for that on the very first, uh, clinical rotation, my beginning of my second year, I saw 43 patients one day. And I realized that day, like 43 patients as a new, as a student is a ton of people. That's four people an hour for over nine hours. Um, I realized that day I, I already had a massage therapy practice. I realized I just need to start my own practice, um, and charge people cash, charge an extra $10 an hour. Um, my clinical instructor was like, no one's going to pay more than their copay for physical therapy. And I was like, let me prove you wrong. Like if, so if you're not, you don't live in the United States, we've got this weird, crazy medical system where everyone has insurance, but just cause you have insurance doesn't mean it's less expensive or that it, things are actually covered. And it really interferes with the way we practice, um, physical therapy or people practice medicine. It just payment drives treatment. Um, and I didn't want, I didn't want that, um, because I didn't have that in massage therapy and I knew there was a better way. And so that's where I started, um, my own practice, um, without relying on insurance, people started asking me, how'd you do this? And then one day someone said, well, what do I owe you for that? I was like, what do you mean? What do you owe me? She's like, well, you just gave me a ton of valuable information. What can I pay you? And that's the day that I started my uh, coaching and consulting business. Nice. Okay, so it was uh, sort of, you didn't think about it from the beginning, but rather it just evolved organically from you yeah. following your uh, purpose or your passion in that sense. Right, right. Absolutely. Super. Absolutely. It wasn't like, I didn't have this plan that I'm going to sell a thousand courses and put a bunch of people in my mastermind group and write a book and start a podcast. It was like, how can I help people? And it was just the, the different things that people said guided me along this path. And that's where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Super. So how did you go about establishing your first practice? The one that really helped you become a full-time entrepreneur to say so, as well as a doctor. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and it's been been 20 years since I started. I think the very first thing that I did was, well, I had to get licensed and tell people, but it was like, well, how do people know? So I had to start marketing myself. And the very first book I read was, um, Guerrilla Marketing by J. Conrad Levinson. Mm-hmm. And I read books. I read a marketing book. And that helped me out. And I moved to North Carolina. And I read a couple books. And I was like, okay, I'm on a roll. Word of mouth was working really well. Um, but when I got out of PT school, I realized that no one really knew what physical therapy was. They have this idea about what, what physiotherapy is and what it can do. But it's it's so broad and what I do is very different than a lot of mm-hmm. people's experience. I had to figure out how to market it. So that's where I had to get a coach. I had to get a business coach to help me um, just save time by giving me a lot of the documentation forms I would need, but coaching me on how to set my prices. And actually this next business coach coached me on how to build a lead magnet and build my email list. And that was in 2000 and, wow, when was that? 2008, I think. Wow, you are you are a very early adopter. <laughs> oh, I built my first uh, website in 1995. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so yeah. what was your first lead magnet? So uh, by this time, you had your practice, you were growing organically. Um, yeah. And what did you use um, as a lead magnet to grow your email list back in the day? Yeah, the first lead magnet I used, I think I wrote a blog article 
and someone asked me if they could use my blog article as part of their like ebook. They did like a collection of articles. And I said, mm -hmm. you can use it as long as I can give away the book as a lead magnet. And they said, yes. Well, then I went from that compilation of back pain articles to my own book on back pain. I've actually, I'm now on like my fourth variation of that. Um, so, but it was around back pain because most people, at least in the United States, 87% of people have back pain and it's the number one reason uh, people miss work. And so that was the uh, target that I went for. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. I know you have, um, I don't know if it's a, a secret, but it, it is in a way, at least for us, until you let us know. But what's the, mar the number one marketing strategy used today to reach, engage, and help people? I know your mission is a very impressive one, which is helping 100 million people um, through the work that you do. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big, big, <laughs> you know, uh, group of people. Uh, what, uh, what strategy are you using marketing-wise to get there? Yeah, the number, I mean, the number one marketing strategy I use is email marketing. Everything okay. else, everything that sounds exciting is supported by it. It's just like, it is it. It's been what I've been using for, when did I start? Um, I started my email list in uh, 2005, probably. Yeah. So. And uh, how big is it now? <laughs> um, I have, it depends. I've got two different businesses. I've got 20, I've got 20,000 total content. I've got let's see, 23,000 total contacts. I've got about 8,000 active. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I sent an email to my list this morning of 2,300 people who are actively engaged with my content. They've read an email, visited a website, um, or engaged with me somehow in the last uh, 45 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so you mentioned email marketing. Agreed, this is super, super powerful. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is a good point where we could go into the webinar and email list building strategies that you you have and then yes. transition into the sales webinars and how to properly mm -hmm. run these in order to be successful yeah right? that's perfect yeah absolutely awesome okay yeah. so tell us um how how do you run um your promotions at the moment so obviously email marketing is a big thing um what do you use in terms of channels and uh, Basically, how do you how do you reach your ideal potential clients? Yeah, it's a um, I call it a give to get. If anyone's familiar with uh, Gary V, it's the jab 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 right hook. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I provide a lot of value. It's um, it's one of those principles of uh, exceeding someone's expectations. You have to give in order to receive and give your best content away, because most people most people aren't going to do anything with it. Um, you know, when it comes to, let's say fixing someone's body, like for physical therapy, I can't actually give you one exercise that's going to fix your back, but I, I can give you the, uh, understanding of what's wrong and, uh, like what's at, what you can do about it. Right. And I can help people see that. So, um, what we do is I try to provide as much value up front before I ever ask of anything in return. Mm -hmm. So. We've got podcasts. We do. I've got a blog, so a weekly blog, a weekly podcast. Um, I've got a Facebook group. I've got Instagram. I have a. Uh, I do. I do free webinars. Um, I've got automated webinars. I've got re downloadable resources and lead, a couple different lead magnets, and um, a, like and a free book. I've got a, a actual physical book that you can get for free. 
um, when you go to my website, you just cover shipping. And it's an, it's not only it's a lead magnet, but it's a great um, way to move people into my other programs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I lead with a give. And so all of these different channels lead back to the same place, which is you get on my email list. And once you're on my email list, I send you more information. I send you trainings and I ask you uh, to do something, which is either to share something, tell somebody, click a link or, hey, here's your opportunity to join this program before the price goes up next week. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of the that's the 30,000 foot view of it. I think the number one thing I did. So the number one thing is to make sure you're able to build an email list with something that's irresistible. But leading into the webinars, the thing that built my list the fastest early on was doing free online webinars for uh, physical therapists. I I used webinars to build my list by thousands of people a year. Mm Um, and it's been one of the most powerful ways to, to do that because it's time spent with someone these days, people mm-hmm. want to spend a little less time with you. Um, but, uh, it's still like, is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. So I guess you pushed the webinars through something like Facebook and Instagram ads, right? Or mm-hmm. so what we did, um, early on, like it's in 20, I'm trying to remember when this was in 2014 or 2013. Um, I had a business coach, uh, who was helping me. And, um, we did, uh, he was big into webinars and he still is. And, um, and I just started doing interviews, but I did a used webinar jam and I would do a live interview and I invite everyone on my email list to join us for this live interview. And I'd get their information mm-hmm. and send them a replay. Um, and, uh, and that led, and I didn't do a sales webinar for a long time. And finally I had a product that actually converted through email. So I launched my course, the cash PT blueprint. It was, I launched it for like to my email list of like 500 people for $197 and I sold 25 of them in a five day period Then I raised the price. I know I raised the price a hundred bucks. It was like, Hey, this very first, I hadn't even built the course. The thing is, is I had built the sales page, but I did not record the modules until I knew people wanted it. That's a very good approach. Yeah. That's how I teach it most people don't want to, most people think they need to go build the thing and then try to sell it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, think yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim Ferriss was, sorry for interrupting, but uh, yeah. it, it just popped into my mind, I think. Uh, Tim Ferriss was proposing a solution or, or this approach also uh, in um, the four-hour work week, I think. Uh, but he mm-hmm. said, I mean, he was an ambassador for this also for other businesses. So not only for, you know, for courses for sure, but also this can be uh, applicable in any other business. I like just test, see what the interest is. And then once the interest is there and you can actually see some monetization happening, you can go and crack on. Yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. And one of the crazy things I use this for teach people how to generate leads as well. Same thing. Like don't go build your lead magnet until you figure out if people actually want it. Cause people spend, especially physiotherapists who are highly educated. When I use the word ebook, they think 300 pages. <laughs> And they're like, oh no, I'll never do it. Or they go write this whole thing and no one, they're like, why isn't anyone getting my email list? It's like, cause no one wants it. And people aren't actually gonna read it. They just, we just need an excuse for them to raise their hand. And so I have my coaching clients go and post a very specific script to uh, social media um, and generate, I mean, one of them, we just did this on Tuesday. She's got over 128 comments on her post. 
for people who want her uh, her video and her lead magnet. It's just incredible. But she didn't go make the video first. We we posted about it first. I see. Okay. Would you be um, would you be okay to go a bit into this specific tactic because I think it's a mm -hmm. very interesting one and we never discussed it on the podcast before. Um, you know, how do you test a lead magnet and how do you identify which one is best for you because many of the yep. people that we work with as well with the agency they leverage webinars for trying to get more leads and also it's still a very popular tactic uh i totally agree with you that owning and having your own email list is super super important for any business because that's where you, the conversation actually happens not necessarily on social media or not so much uh and also definitely the sale um how do you go about choosing the right lead magnet and testing them yeah. So what first thing we have to do is we have to get our audience. We have to have an audience of people, whether it's an email list, a Facebook group, or a social media profile, something mm -hmm. like that. And we have to survey them and ask them a question because you and I might look at someone's business and go, oh, you need to be doing this for marketing, or you should be running this kind of ad or that, but they may not want that. They may think they want or need something else. So they're never going to buy what we know they need but they think they need or want something. They, they think they need something else and we need to figure out what that is. So what we do is we will post and say, hey, what's your number one problem with, you know, blank, back pain? What's your number, what's the hardest thing about uh, growing your business? Or what's the hardest thing about hiring an additional, a new employee? You know, what's your biggest struggle around opening another location or launching a webinar? And then they'll tell us. And we'll find like, what's the commonality? And I may have to do that three or four times. I'll even send an email and say, hey, you know, I might send them to a, a survey. But the next step would be, hey, I take those survey results and say, hey, um, if I put together a free training on this, this, and this, or this big thing, would you be interested? And if I can get six, 12 or 128 people to say yes, then I'll go and put that thing together. And, uh, and I actually won't even build it first. I'll, I'll put together like a landing page or a sales page and say, okay, here's the thing. I message it back to them. Then they sign up for it. And then I'll go record the five minute video or build the webinar or put together the, you know, a five week, uh, a five week boot camp, which is what I'm in the middle of right now. And I've done the exact same thing, uh, to do this. I've done it multiple times, but I can tell you, I built a, everyone at four or five years ago, everyone asked me to build a marketing course and I built a marketing course on how I market my business and generate consistent leads every month. And I just went and sold it on a webinar and not very many people bought it. And a bunch of people asked for refunds because it was too hard for them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you want a business like I have, you got to put in some work, but it wasn't what they wanted, right? <laughs> they didn't want to work hard. They wanted the easy answer. And so that was my big lesson and why I realized, okay, I have to get back to selling, selling the thing first before I put the work and effort into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you were to think about, um, what results, like the best results that you were getting through selling, let's say through webinars, but mm -hmm. you know, we can discuss, uh, any of the other lead magnets as well. Um, and let's think about the last two years, let's say, because uh, when we talk about uh, 2015, let's say, webinars were in the beginning. So I I think if you were running them then, you probably were getting a much better conversion rate because there, were not so, there was not so much noise. Maybe ads were a bit cheaper then. But 
recently what type of products at which price point or how long were they the ones that were performing super good for you yeah and for your clients yeah absolutely you're right back in 2015 or 2016 i could i did a webinar and i'd sell 18 you know thousand dollar courses on mm -hmm. a webinar and then as webinars became more popular it was less and less but it was, it was less and less on the live ones but i turned those into evergreen webinars and so i sell much more on evergreen and mm -hmm. now what I'm doing is on webinars where I make the make the biggest impact on myself and my clients is I sell a 12 month coaching program and I don't actually sell the program. It's an $18,000 program. I don't sell that on the webinar. I sell a strategy call on the webinar and I move mm -hmm. people from the webinar to a one on one call with either me or someone on my team and then into our course or mm -hmm. our, you know, platinum mastermind program and and even doing webinars and then i don't even call them webinars sometimes i'll call them a coaching call or mm -hmm. a group game plan call and i'll get people on a webinar or even into like a small group zoom mm -hmm. i did this um just a few weeks ago to enroll people in our five-week program i said hey, last it was a last minute idea and i was like why didn't i think of this i just been busy i was like let's get together on zoom if i can get enough people and i had 12 people come to the zoom um and 12 people, 12 people tell me they could come. Eight people showed up. One person uh, bought a $2,500 five-week coaching program who's most likely to move into our uh, Platinum Mastermind group at the end of that. Um, and that was just from a last-minute email that I sent once. <laughs> I did a 45-minute mm -hmm. uh, uh, Zoom call with everybody. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Uh, group planning plan? Uh, no, what was the name of that? Uh, group action plan? No. Um, like uh, a game plan. So it's like plan. a game plan call. I did this. Yeah. So last winter I did, I did a game plan call where we did, it was a coaching call where I built a game plan for people during the year. Um, and we started with goals. Like, what are your goals? Where, or where are you now? What are your goals? How are you going to get there? And mm -hmm. the whole idea is to figure out where they are now and where do they want to go and create a gap and stretch mm -hmm. the gap mm -hmm. and create an open loop so that the way that it's, close that gap is to come join me in my coaching program. Absolutely love that. This is the first time, you know, uh, I speak to somebody that refers to this specific, you know, uh, phrase or, you know, talks about this uh, development of the gap, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So you guys tuning in, think whether this would be something good for your business, because this is some real value here uh, that Arvin is sharing. Arvin, in terms of uh, mentors or people that you um, learn from when you were designing your marketing strategy for the courses and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the programs that you have right now, um, ha uh, is there like a specific person that influenced you a lot, like Jeff Walker or Frank Kern or these types of guys or... Yeah, um, my my coach right now is uh, Bedros Koulian, and Bedros. Um, the interesting thing about him is, he, he, and he knows a lot of these guys, and I've, and I've certainly uh, Dan Kennedy has been a big influence for me as well. Um, but Bedros wrote a pod, like a blog post, and that I saw when I moved to moved to Greensboro and moved my massage practice from San Francisco to Greensboro, and I, and and I think right when I was moving, I was. I was adjusting it from physical therapy to uh, massage therapy to physical therapy. I was searching for physical therapy marketing. And I think I put in PT marketing because he's a personal trainer. And I ended up on his blog post about how to rank your business um, on the first page of Google. And I did everything he said. And within six weeks, I got massive results. I was like, holy cow. Well, then 10 years later, 
Um, I was showing someone that blog post because I visited the website. Now he was, I got his Facebook pixel and he started showing me his, uh, new ads for his new podcast, the empire podcast. And I mm -hmm. listened to it. I went to his event, signed up for his coaching program and we're going on our fourth year coaching together. And, um, just that journey that I took, um, is something that I implemented, uh, in my own business that worked and, um, it's just been, it's been massive. And I think the main thing that I've learned, um, from him is how to see, um, beyond my current capabilities and what's mm -hmm. possible, but also the, the never quit attitude, you know, and how as entrepreneurs, there's no way we can fail if we keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So how's your, how's your day looking like right now? Because it seems that you are a very busy man with, uh, all the calls and coaching and this stuff. Are you still doing the practical massaging and physiotherapy? No, I'm not. I'm actually, uh, I spend about, I spend uh, two hours during the week, one hour, um, like coaching my, uh, my team members over there and another hour, just like on a, like a team meeting that I split that with my wife. So that's about an hour and a half every week. Um, I spend another uh, hour or two answering emails and uh, fielding questions for that business. And then in my coaching business, we have a weekly mastermind call um, for an hour. And then um, I spend, uh, I'm trying to think. And then I spend the rest of my time building programs, building marketing strategies, recording podcasts, recording social media, um, meeting with, you know, I'll spend, a, you know, three or four hours, even five hours a week answering certain emails. Um, but I've got a team member that helps with my customer service. And so because I'm, I've hired other people and trained them, uh, and built out systems for them, I'm allowed to spend, I get to spend a majority of my days doing things, uh, that I want to do. And I don't actually have to be here right now. If I didn't want to, I want my business to grow. Um, but that's kind of how it is. I generally structure my day so that Mondays are a team meeting. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings is time for me to do some deep work and build out systems and be creative and create courses and programs. Um, the afternoons are for coaching calls or meetings, uh, podcast recordings and Fridays are kind of like a, you know, record, record my own content, uh, play with the technology. Um, check in with uh, friends and uh, go home early. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I think there's a lot of people there that would like to uh, to get to where you got today. And I think that some of the things that you uh, and that we've been discussing here can be a real source of inspiration for many. Um, and now to sort of bring, um, I mean, show how realistic it is to many people that maybe have not imagine themselves doing something like this um when you are working with clients uh and this, let's say they are practitioners maybe they have a small practice and this i guess can be physical therapy but does it work for other niches as well like plastic surgery or dental practice or yes absolutely you know i i think the the thing that people get into is that uh my situation is unique my situation is like my job is unique or like you can't help me because like I can I can tell you this or tell people listening this is like your situation is not unique. It may feel unique and it may be unique to you and, you know, a couple thousand other people, but there's billions of people in the world. Um, 
and business principles are business principles. Um, we can choose to ignore them if we want to or not, or make excuses why we shouldn't uh, listen to them or or engage in them or or use them. Um, but uh, what we do and what we teach um, are principles that work across businesses. It's one of the reasons, like, I consider like myself and uh, one of my uh, the guy the guy who runs my Facebook ads and helps me with some uh, on the on the ground marketing strategies, micro strategies. Uh, we're, we consider ourselves snipers. We've built a robust um, follow up system, automation system, that if someone with a low friction business, like my physical therapy business, because it doesn't take insurance, is a high friction business. There's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't choose us. But mm -hmm. if, if someone in business had a lower friction business, like uh, a physical therapist who takes insurance or a, a surgical practice who wants more um, clients, like if they use some of these principles, their business would grow tremendously. They just don't feel like the strong need to, or why would I do something different? And uh, do, sometimes doing something different is the thing that's going to be the 10 X factor in your business rather than what everyone else is doing. And, and these, I had to learn how to use this from outside of my industry and I've just adapted it to physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of things I've taken from my practice and moved them into my coaching business. They're like, oh, why am I not doing that? And then I'll move something from my coaching business over to the practice. Like, why wasn't I doing this kind of strategy call or something in the clinic? And uh, we call it a total body diagnostic instead of a strategy call. It's the same thing. It's a sales call. So business principles are business principles. There's sometimes things that don't cross over, but they can always be adapted. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if we were to take this um, situation of, uh, I, I, I still, I'm still focusing on the webinars and, you know, yep. creating these sort of funnels because they are so popular today. And I think you are a very good example of somebody that is doing it well. Um, and also being so involved with this and, you know, having the results to support um, your expertise. I think uh, valuable for many people that are tuning in on this episode would be, uh, they, they are probably from different industries. I know we are speaking to some of them that are messaging us after the shows and, you know, also asking us questions or um, asking us to try to follow up with some of our guests on specific topics, which by the way, if you are open, maybe depending on uh, the messages that we get today, maybe we can organize a second episode as well on a specific micro topic to say mm -hmm. so, which, which I get the feeling that is what we're doing now <laughs> with the sales webinars and funnels. Um, but, you know, because it's many people from many different industries, but the strategy is sort of in a way similar. It just needs to be adapted to the industry as you did when you were adapting it to physical therapy. Right. What do you feel is the one or the two or the three factors that are super important and different from how they were maybe a year or two ago when you run this lead magnets like the webinar funnel mm -hmm. or the webinar yep. lead magnet like what has changed in the way they promote it the way that you follow up on it so that you yeah, can get the big change is that uh people's attention is divided and it's shorter right so we have to attract their attention really quick we want to um give them a uh give them what they're asking for right away Mm -hmm. One of the worst things I've seen people do is send me like from a Facebook ad, send me to a sales page. And as soon as I get there, there's a lead magnet offer that pops up. I'm like, but you're trying to get me to sell something like, like, it's just like a, I'm like, 
you didn't even look at your own ad like or your own page and so what we have to do is be very specific with the message who mm -hmm. this is for and what it's going to do for them because it's people are thinking what's in it for me and they need to be able to see that right of way it's like it's it, it we just can't send people to a page with a bunch of options we have to send them to one page and so it's one message and the other thing we're doing is when we're running facebook ads we're not running facebook ads directly to our webinars i'm running facebook ads to lead magnets um, to blog posts to get people into our email system and then we'll email them about the webinars um, occasionally we'll run an ad for webinars especially if we do a live one then on the webinar it's i have to be I have to be uh, very clear about who this is for. Hey, you're in the right place and make it exciting and fun. So I've even got, now I've got a Elgato stream deck that allows me to make sounds and noises and cheers <laughs> and, you know, like I can make a little sound and, a, you know, things like that um, to keep people engaged. And I also have to engage them by asking them questions and making it a conversation rather than just telling them. Mm -hmm. Because if I just tell them, they're going to drop off. So questions like, hey, before we move on, I'd love to know what's been most helpful for you about this so far. So if you are actually listening to Andre's podcast, just comment um, below the YouTube video, wherever you're watching this, and let us know what's been helpful for you about this. And as I do that in the webinar, I get people engaged, but I also start getting uh, micro closes where people are saying yes before I even get to my offer. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, that um, has been one of the biggest uh, things that we've changed um, and allowed us to really capture people. I, one of my most successful ones was a two full day live event because of COVID. I, instead of an in-person event, I did it online. Mm -hmm. I had people, had 90% of people there all day for two days in a row. And we converted 20% of the room uh, to my high level coaching program. Super good. So, yeah. And when you say driving the traffic to a blog post, um, I guess that has to do with providing them with a free value right away. Yep. And then how do you capture their email address? Do you have like a pop-up or something similar to that? Or, or do you have gated content? Yeah, so it, yes and yes. So I don't run my own Facebook ads. I have someone that does it for me. So mm -hmm. if, we're, if we're working off of a cold audience, a lookalike audience, we'll drive them to the blog posts, <clears throat> the blog posts or articles I've written in like uh, Forbes or Entrepreneur. And uh, we'll start seeing like who clicks through and and taking that audience and making it into a warmer audience. And then we'll send them uh, ads where it's a, a short video of me talking about something for, you know, one to three minutes, maybe five minutes. And we'll mm -hmm. build an audience off of that ad who watched the first, you know, 30 seconds of it or who watched the first minute. Um, and then from there, we'll go another level and send them an offer for, uh, maybe a strategy call or a lead magnet or to, you know, do something else, come join us on a webinar, something else. And we'll build these audiences and they've seen us not too much, but enough. And we can start to predict what they'll do next. And that's kind mm -hmm. of how we run our ads. Um, and if anyone's listening, um, don't run Facebook ads unless you have an offer that converts. And if you're listening and you're a marketing professional and or agency and you help other people you know it's probably the biggest frustration is people tell you the facebook ads don't work well it's because their offer sucks 
you know, and the one thing that I've seen people do is they, they'll just run Facebook ads, but they don't work with their client on like making sure the offer works and then the client yes. gets unhappy. Mm-hmm. So. Very well pointed there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the other thing I want to point out to people is like, I know the pain points that people have. Right, Andre, like that's a, I can tell you, like I've talked to enough people who run agencies, like that's a big pain point, but their clients don't know it. So if we know the pain points of our customer and, and agencies aren't my customers, but I work with enough people who run them to know that what these pain points are, because my clients have the pain point. They tell me that I tried so-and-so's agency and it didn't work. I need more new patients. And what I really know the problem is, is that their sales system stinks and their follow-up stinks, um, mm-hmm. but they just think they need more new customers. Mm-hmm. or the product is too expensive i mean depends yeah. a lot on you know yeah. the industry right absolutely cool 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 ah this was such a good session uh i i've really enjoyed talking to you man um so let's see because uh we are sort of getting to the final <laughs> point at least with this episode mm-hmm. um what we do typically is we try to draw three or five points, <laughs> depending on you know the subjects um, that are actionable and that people tuning in can take away and you know for example this weekend go and implement into their business or at least think about how they could be suited to their business. Mm-hmm. And I had in my notes here one thing that I wanted to touch upon and we did uh, was you know the benefit of having this product elements to a service business to drive additional cash flow. So having like an additional cash flow channel and how this can help a business develop and build anti-fragility in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, uh, you know, the things that we discussed now with, uh, you know, webinars and uh, marketing in the health sector where you talk directly to patients. So this would, would not necessarily be as we talked a lot here about you and clients that own practices. It would be more about the clients that own practices, how they market further uh, and your experience with that, I guess, from your personal experience as well, when you launched and grew your own practice mm-hmm. back in the day. So if we were to draw these actionable points, what would you say are the top free <laughs> but i will not be very strict <laughs> if you feel it's yep. more we can we can yeah. have more action points um so what would yeah, these be the, and then uh, the, what could people take away perfect i think the top three things would be to one um commit to yourself to taking action and one of the best ways to do that is to tell someone else what your goals are <clears throat> okay or post it somewhere but then really it's uh post on social media somewhere like you, you, you gotta figure out What's the biggest problem my clients think they have? Okay, then you're gonna post and say, I just made a video on the three steps to fix or solve this problem. Would you like me to send you a copy? And see, if, and if you get it right, if you get the formula right, you get the problem right, people start responding. And now you got a bunch of leads. And now you need to go collect those leads into your email uh, marketing platform. You just face uh send them a facebook message or instagram message dm them hey here's the link and you just send them a link to the landing page like excited you're interested here's where you can go and get the video and they Mm -hmm. go get it so you haven't made the video so you got to make the video and set up the reply email but that the first thing would be is just post it and see what happens the worst thing that can happen is that 500 people reply just like happened to one of my clients alexis and you have to now go do some work to uh get them on your email list that's a good problem that would be yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, that would be like, <laughs> if you could do that this week, that might be enough, like to, as a takeaway. 
Um, most people probably won't do it. They'll be like, well, what if it doesn't work? And I would say, so what? What if it doesn't work? You just learned what message doesn't resonate with your audience. Mm-hmm. Try a different message. So then number two would be try it again. Um, the third thing to do would be if you do not have a email marketing platform or software, get one. Get one and start using it to add people onto it. I think the biggest excuse I've heard people say lately is, well, I don't have enough clients or patients to use to use that. I'm like, you don't need clients and patients in an email. You don't need an email list to use it. You need to use it to build your email list. Uh, people have it backwards. And I do think that these are a lot of times excuses for people, um, fear of failure. Um, mm-hmm. And the third thing to be would be to change your mindset this weekend, even if you have to write it down or tell everyone. Um, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to help millions of people, there's no such thing as failure anymore. We're playing in a different, uh, we're playing on a different field. And as entrepreneurs, um, when something doesn't work out the way we want it to or expect it to, we have to analyze the situation, learn from it, change something and try it again. Um, because if you, you only fail if you stop. Love it. Aaron, and uh, like this was again very good advice, totally uh, aligned with you know my thinking as well. Uh, I think it's spot on. And if people on the show, uh, I mean, we don't know everybody, but we know they are from a bunch of industries, including mm-hmm. health. And uh, you know, we, we might actually have some people here that specialize specifically in this niche, or even you know, why not? Uh, people that have somebody in their family that has a practice or a friend or maybe even themselves, um, if they wanted to engage with you directly and maybe they want to take this to a next level and have somebody from your team or, you know, your team yourself even uh, help them just scale the next everything. Uh, what are the best platforms, ways in which you could potentially work together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got, um, I've got quite a different, uh, a few different options. I've got online courses, I've got books and uh, coaching programs. I think the best thing to do would be, um, go over, find me on Instagram, follow me at Aaron Labauer. Um, you'll find a lot of the, uh, the content there, um, similar, hopefully similar, uh, in alignment with what you've learned today, but also link there to get access to some of our other resources, podcasts, um, books, uh, downloadable guides. I do have, uh, one guide that, uh, is helpful for probably most people listening. It's a, I put together my top marketing strategies and I put them in a list. There were 35 of them. So it's the 35 marketingstrategies.com. Uh, if you want like a free download uh, cheat sheet of our best marketing strategies. Um, but you can, you can go there or you can find it, uh, when you come over to, uh, Instagram, follow me at Aaron LeBauer. And, uh, if you have questions, uh, feel free to shoot me a DM. Super. So for the guys watching, uh, you have here on the screen as well, uh, Aaron's handle, and we'll have for everybody links in the description of this episode, whether you are watching on LinkedIn, listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever your chosen platform. Super. Well, until next time, Aaron, this was such a great, uh, chat, really happy that we managed to, to sync up and to do this together. Thank you again for all the good insight and for being open about uh, everything that has worked or not for you and for sharing all these insights with our audience. Absolutely, Andre. It was a pleasure being here and it was great meeting you and uh, 
maybe one day we'll see each other in person, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Big pleasure here as well. Wishing you all the very best. Keep rocking it. Best of luck with your on your mission. Um, and looking forward to, you know, if not in person soon, maybe we'll just have another catch up online shortly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Have an awesome evening and uh, rock it.